0: You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Venice, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories. So much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. If you would like to book a trip with me in Venice, you can do so by going to mgfishing.com That's the Mexican Gold Fishing Company's website where you can book me, as well as other inshore trips, as well as offshore trips. And if you would like to book a trip with me in Mississippi, you can do so by calling me at 228-219-7809. And uh, right now I want to take this moment to tell you guys a little bit about what to expect when you come kind of throughout the year. So starting with the spring, March and April, do a lot of trout fishing, a lot of sheephead fishing, Um, even with cane poles, it's a lot of fun. Do a lot of chandelier trips out of Biloxi, as well as Venice at times, but we go out to the islands, expect to be wading, catching speckled trout, uh, redfish, a lot of stuff on top waters. It's a lot of fun, especially in the spring. It's kind of cool. You just walk around the islands. It's a ton of fun. April and May start doing some mangrove and and some uh, cobia fishing. That's a lot of fun. That's about as most of the near shore that I'll do, but mostly in the spring we're doing like redfish, bull reds, a uh, lot of lot of uh, inshore stuff. But guys, redfish I catch year round. So if you guys ever want to come fishing for redfish, whether they're slots or bull reds, it gets better and worse at different times, but we can always use them as a target. In June and July, moving in the summer, the red snapper season opens mangrove snappers and all that kind of stuff is definitely still a possibility. Redfish. Moving off into the fall, like August, September, October, uh, this is kinda when I do my switch and I'm mostly doing nearshore stuff. I'm doing a lot of triple tail fishing, a lot of snapper fishing, mangrove fishing, cobia fishing um, in the later fall. There's lots of live bait around. That's how I like to fish, a lot of live bait. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like through August to December I do a ton of just nearshore stuff so that that should give you guys kind of a an overlay of what what to expect when you come red snapper season usually starts in June and through July but it sometimes they'll extend the state water season until we meet the quota so it's kind of like you don't know when it's really going to end some other important dates that I would like you to know about I'm doing a summer camp this year this is something that I've thought long and hard about Uh, something I've been putting together with my wife she's a teacher it's, um, we're gonna do two five-day summer camps. It's uh, June 10th through the 14th and July 8th through 12th. It's gonna be a ton of fun, guys. We're gonna teach them all different types of things. It's gonna happen whether the weather's good or bad. The good days we'll be doing as much as we can, catching as many fish as we can. And then the cane pole tournament is August 9th and 10th. So that's something for everybody to put on their calendars. The cane pole tournament, it's a ton of fun. Everybody should come out, see what the biggest fish you can catch on the cane pole is. It adds a whole nother element to what you're trying to do. It's a ton of fun. So if you guys want to come out for the cane pole tournament, I really encourage it. We're I think it's a hundred it's a hundred and fifty dollar entry fee per team and that'll get you two cane poles and um, an entry into the tournament. And hopefully we'll have some big prizes this year. We're getting some more sponsors, so it should be it should be a nice turnout um come out for it all right guys and uh, enjoy the show one of my favorite things to eat while out on the water is either beef jerky or snack sticks and my favorite place to get this is bourgeoismeatmarket.com that's right guys this is some really good stuff they don't use any nitrates or preservatives it comes from one of the oldest meat markets in the world with over 130 years in existence and their fourth generation taken over now i really want to get the word out about their product and how easy it is to go on their website order what you want and leave it on your book. so go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TALKS in all capital letters to get 10 percent off your order that's right guys go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code Talks in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's bourgeoismeatmarket.com B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S meatmarket.com Alright guys, welcome to another episode. I'm here with Captain Sonny Schindler over here in, in Bay St. Louis and um, yeah, I had him on last year and had a good one. Had a lot of really good um, uh, people. People telling me that they liked that episode a lot. So I was like, "Man, let's just do it again." <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. Um,
1: thanks for making the drive over. And and not to correct you, but you are in the bustling metropolis of Waveland, Mississippi, right Waveland, now. Waveland, Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> Big difference.
0: Yeah. I don't know this part. You know, I grew up. I grew up in. Um, on the other side, yeah, oh yeah, no, we <laughs> the east side of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I, you know, I, I don't even know if I've ever even fished Cat Island before. Oh man, we I might have when I was there. a kid, but like, I mean, how many times have you fished Petty Boy? Never, never, never <laughs> once. No. It's the same thing, yeah. Because <laughs> like, well, I went, I grew there. up fishing Petty Boy, Horn Island, and
1: I went there during the oil spill. We ran a work boat out there, man. It's gorgeous. Oh, it's awesome, man. I mean, that's more Florida
0: than, oh yeah, yeah, than, than what we got. Yeah the the water seems the more east you go it gets it gets a little more clear. Yeah we at times <laughs> we're fighting that dirty
1: water right now after all this rain but you yeah. you you feel the rain here I don't know how bad y'all get it on your side but
0: I mean you do you know it's it's a little different because we have like the Pascoqua River system it's almost like a mini Venice over there yeah it's it's kind of a in my opinion it's like a hidden gem um, you know. I don't know, I guess, I guess you don't, <laughs> everybody has their own idea of what a hidden gem is, but it, you know, it. you can actually fish it almost like Venice, it depends on the, like the rising and the falling of the river, and the the Pascagoula River is actually one of the large, I think it's like the, one of the largest undammed um, rivers in the United States. I didn't know any of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, see, we, we fight the, well, the Pearl's the <laughs> big one, and then right here, the Jordan and the Wolf come out, they're not. Now they can make a mess of things, but the pearl when the pearl's up, because, mm-hmm. see, that last place we were at in Bayou Caddy when you came and visited, the pearl pretty much drops right there. Yeah. Um and then if they open the spillway, everything shoots. I mean, that is bullseye, middle. I mean, it comes right there, right mm-hmm. right where we <laughs> were last time. So the la- we we were talking about fishing before you turned on your, your stuff. The last trip I ran a week or two ago the stuff I was catching redfish in uh, a week or so before that and I mean working on them like stuff you might even be impressed with coming from Venice Uh, you know we had the big rain everything flooded and we went I mean to the exact point that a week or so before prior to the rains now the water was green and full of bait but went back to that exact point after the rain and we had to stop fishing we were catching so many channel cats wow and i i wasn't like up a bayou or back in this river system i was out in the mississippi sound like not in a and catching freshwater cats whacking them i wow. mean it was awesome i i <laughs> i like them i mean you know we 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 you know trout's fantastic and redfish triple tail all that but uh something different you yeah they are they're perfect size and mm-hmm. You know, you got to – sometimes you got to – man, ain't nothing wrong with no cap <laughs> No, <me.
0: laughs> no, no. What you been up to, man? I talked oh, to you since last time. Man, I had I had my first kid. <laughs> boy or girl? It's a boy. Ugh. We named him Mako. Nice. Boy Mako. Yeah. Nice. Super
1: cool. Yeah, I'm all girl, man. I got my girl. I'm, <laughs> I'm into that.
0: Yeah. yeah, we had a little rough start in the beginning, um, but uh, – you know everything's worked out now he seems to be a very healthy healthy kid so we're very very fortunate <laughs> that's it man how about you man how was your uh, 2023 season like through and through
1: it was good man it, you know i think and and uh, i sometimes i get the credit for it you know people think it's it's me pulling all the strings for sure thing um just you know cuz i'll come <clears throat> on the podcast and do this stuff the, the other guys don't really care for the 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 writing and the and the podcasting and the and the TV shows but they're they're the they're the main mm-hmm. parts of short <laughs> thing uh, but I, I I think every year uh, with the exception of uh, you know obviously Katrina and and the spill I think we've uh, set the bar again every year I think we broke all our records again last year for bookings
0: and um, really even through COVID huh even better than man COVID. we rolled. We really? rolled. It w- See, and that's the way it should have been. Like, uh, COVID should have been a time where, like, you could build your, your business. I, sh- I certainly did, you know. Well, um,
1: it,
2: it, it.
1: comparing Venice to Mississippi Gulf, it's not even in the same stratosphere. Yeah, yeah, it's you a know, different animal. You're sitting in a VRBO right now. We are sitting in my, my brother and sister-in-law's house just because we needed somewhere quiet to go. Uh, but the, the – the, the civilization we have here you know mm-hmm. I, I, i've been a while since i've been to venice but you don't you don't stroll through venice you know you <laughs> go there with purpose and 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 you
0: know the fishing's world class uh you better bring the party <laughs>
1: right yeah you, you've got to bring everything and and yep. you know the mississippi gulf coast you know we got these casinos minutes from here golf courses hotels you know not Big malls right here, but in between where you and I live, uh, outlet malls, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I hear a Top Golf is maybe coming. Really? Yeah,
0: that'll be cool. Uh,
1: so in the beaches, and you know, it, so during COVID, people came here to get away from the bigger cities and the whatnot, and you know, it took them about five minutes to realize, you know, we we got to get outside. Let's let's go get some stuff done, and and we we capitalized on that. The uh, the funny thing is. You know, most most of our... I never got it. Did you get it? To what? COVID?
0: I did. I, I did, didn't get it. I didn't get it. I got it once. And my uh,
1: my wife works at a hospital, um, knock on wood. You know, neither one of us has, has gotten it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think any of our guides got it during, you know, the height of it, 2020 into 21, until they went hunting. So the ones that got it, you know, and they went in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. you know, like Missouri and the private camps in the Mississippi River Delta uh, up north. It did
0: seem like a lot of the guides and stuff that did like when I got it, when I say it wasn't nothing, I mean, it wasn't nothing at all. I mean, the only the real telltale sign for me was I lost my taste of sense and smell. But just the fact that we're outside. Yeah. So much. Right. Like that's got to help. (laughs) <laughs> it uh it was good and you know it it helped
1: that a lot of a lot of our guides are born and raised from here mm-hmm. so i mean y- you think about how many people know you know when, went to elementary school with this guy or i used to wait tables with this guy or you know i went to college with this guy you know, or girl um you just got so many uh layers to your to your web of mm-hmm. you know it's, it was good, but yeah, the Island house, we, you know, our, our year's pretty much set for that. Um, most of our... How was
0: the fishing out there this year?
1: Good. It was early. You know, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't have an opening, a spillway opening. The fishing was great. Uh, but our big run there was usually it's June-ish, give mm-hmm. or take a little bit. This this 2023 it 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 kind of jumped off in mid-may so we we didn't have uh terrible trips but the the big stuff was was may and we we thought you know we got cocky and thought it was going to carry into july Mm -hmm. from may and it started kind of slacking down a little bit yeah The, the cool thing about that um and th- I, you know I wanted to ask you some some stuff about Venice, but we we're getting uh, customers coming in from further and further away. You know we've got the airport there, you know, yeah. Gulfport Regional, um, and where we pick up for the island is the Long Beach Harbor, which is a ten minute Uber from the airport. Right. Um, so we're getting a lot of you know fly-ins, Midwesterners, um, Kansas, Missouri, whatnot. Is Missouri Midwest? Mm,
0: I don't know. Central. Yeah. Nor, north I-10. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're that. Uh,
1: but, you know, they uh, – man, they're up for whatever. Like, they – I wouldn't say frown upon, but they'll get bored with the trout fishing, even if it's big yeah. fish. Um, you know, we'll go out there and, and you know, even though I, I, you said you didn't mess with cat, there are times where, I mean, there's some – freaking hogs out Mm -hmm. there some biggies yeah five not huge numbers but it's you know five Mm -hmm. pluses are are possible um and you know they'll get out there and you'll get on a good run a keeper legal fish and it's just it's it's kind of uh eye-opening when they're they're like look you know we caught 10 of these yeah uh we're not gonna bring this stuff on the plane, you know, it, or, or a lot of it. We may slip a bag in a little six-pack cooler. We've never been here. Show us what you got. Yeah. So, you know, we'll bring the big poles and, and go catch uh, Jack Ravel. We'll mm-hmm. go and catch bull res. We'll go and catch sharks. Um, cheap it. Just, just so they can start checking boxes. Yeah. And
0: Yeah, everybody's in it for a different thing. Like, yeah. It depends on how they get into it. Like somebody, you know, they got a fr- friend that taught them how to fly fish. You know, it's all about seeing the bite and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, some some people raise their kids to where if it's not going in the box, it's right, not, it's not a good not a good fish. You know, so I have clients like that, and then you have clients that want to see how many different species they want to catch. You know, exactly. they think that that's cool. Or some people just want to use a cane pole. It, uh, <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's different for, it all depends on how they get into it. That's what I found. Cause I, I always ask them like, what makes you want right. to catch this? Or why do you, you know, why does your, why does your t- 10 year old kid not happy unless it's going in the box? right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that why, like what, yeah. why, yeah. why, you know,
1: I, I was thinking, when we were setting this up, some stuff I wanted to run by you. Mm-hmm. Um, Please. So this year, and it was one of one of these out-of-town groups. We would have probably done it anyway, way out of town. So we went – I think we went – it would have had to have happened. So we went that morning. I think we had some really bad weather coming in for the afternoon, and we went out probably somewhere out by Ship Island Channel or, or Cat Island Channel. And uh caught some big stuff. You know, caught some bull res, caught some sharks. And one thing we've been doing out there I know your your buddies with uh with uh, Craig, uh the Brumfield. Yeah, yeah unbelievable local artist. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen his stuff, he, the guy is he's master of his craft. Mm-hmm. Well, um we've started uh last couple years, you know, these guys traveling catching stuff that they've never caught or, or just they want to see it we'll we'll stamp them uh mm-hmm. the the gyotaku mm-hmm. hopefully i said that right yeah yeah um you know we'll bring the and i can't do it on rice paper i i just i whatever whatever it takes it's easier to easier on like canvas oh or i buy, other paper, buy the paper buy the cheapest linen you can get from walmart or the craft yeah. store and um it, when i do it it you can tell what it is what species and i'm i'm getting better with the technique and and you know every couple fish you learn a different
0: so you've been doing it to them
1: yeah 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 i mean it we do many a year uh it's just something different to do for the for the people i got guys that have been you know coming year after year to uh to the island house and it, it's become a thing. Like, all right, I've already got the bull red. I've got a Jack Cravel. I've got, uh, you know, a big flounder. And they're putting them in their, their office or trophy room. Um, That's cool. Yeah. It's it's something different. It, you know, yeah. certainly doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, it's tricky. I, I, I have no earthly idea how a guy like Craig, those fish look like they could fall out of the, out of the <laughs>
0: canvas. He makes them look right, for sure. Good night.
1: Is he good at it? Yeah. But – um mine is uh i, I would say more abstract <laughs> you add color to it and everything no no no, no, no. Okay. i wouldn't even attempt it yeah, i, I yeah. can't draw a it's stick just hand. the
0: black like the yeah just yeah you, you coach it cool too
1: <laughs> yeah um but you can tell what the species is that's yeah. that's all i'm shooting for uh <laughs> it's very abstract it, you know it looks looks more uh you know uh picasso-esque with with all the the miss strokes and, and it looks
0: like uh, expensive art <laughs> it, exactly yes
1: uh yeah very uh it, so it, you it's you ever
0: go to those art shops and you're like man who would buy that who one? would buy yeah it looks
1: so bad that you're like man that's almost cool you know but uh where was i going with it? the jack crevel mm-hmm. so one of the guys wanted a jack and we get on the radio and say, look, if anybody kills one during a fight, because, you know, some they're they're so aggressive yeah. feeders that, that they'll swallow something and you can't revive them. If <laughs> anybody gets one, uh, you know, we want to stamp one for some of the guys. And Matt Matt and Kenny, uh, mainly Kenny, but they are, like, unbelievable cooks out there. Just all this fresh seafood and all, you know, tons of other stuff. They're loading freezers with deer meat, or I guess today. no. Today, the season ended yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, But they did well on the deer. And he said, look, we're weathered out for the afternoon. We got to find some stuff to do. You know, I'm stamping fish and goofing off. And after I stamped uh, one of the jacks, he cut the side out of it and prepped it and cleaned it right and uh, put it on a grill. Like, if you wouldn't have seen him take it off the fish, If you walked up on the grill, it looked like a pork loin. You know, a pork loin kind of looks like that. And everybody's listening to music, and, you know, we got uh, Starlink out there, and we're watching uh, sports or whatever, you know, something. Mm -hmm. Having a good old time, and Matt's doing his thing. I'm doing my fish stamping thing, and he just starts slicing this up and serving it. They ate it so fast – (laughs) <laughs> like I, you know, I got paint and crap all over my hands, and I'm I'm trying to get over there. I, just, whatever, I'm gonna try it. Uh, and they were literally begging for more, and I'm just I'm waiting for the next big thing. This is where I'm going with this. Like Jack Crevel,
2: mm-hmm.
1: why can't you eat it?
0: Well, I'd say people I've I've actually tried it and didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, I can't
1: say I didn't. I didn't get my shot. You know? <laughs> uh, I can tell you those people. Now, granted, there was probably a beverage or two consumed with with our guests. Um, if it was one or two saying "yummy," I'd be like, eh, "You know, that guy probably drank twelve Bush Lights today." It was like a dozen guys. You everybody know, he, liked it. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, yeah. and, and it
0: wasn't like. I mean, it makes sense, man. Anything you eat fresh. I right. Mean, there's not much that comes out of the water that you can eat fresh that's actually not good, you know. And then, like, I mean, a lot of people say you can't eat blue marlin, but there's a lot of places that do eat blue marlin.
1: I've and eaten people, sailfish. It was good.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people say you can't eat sailfish. So, I mean, it's I, – I I, keep them for people. I've had people want to keep stingray, you know. i like, stingray. People talk so good about – the people that do eat it, they're like, man, it's so good, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, but not my culture. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it, it, I'm just curious. Somebody, it, this is one of Kenny's famous lines is, uh, you know, you you know why we don't eat whatever. Let's just, you know why we don't eat Jack Crevel, And you say, why? And he says, cause some fat dude with a funny white hat didn't say it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the next, the next Paul Perdome's is going to come along with, with, you know, a, a jack crevel or a stingray recipe, and we're mm-hmm. gonna go
0: whack stingrays and, and jack crevel <laughs> I mean,
1: think about it. I mean, back dude, in the day, the jack
0: crevel's last year were I don't know about out of here, but out of Venice was something I'd never seen before. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. They're off the beach here
1: during the summer.
0: It was unbelievable how many jack crevels It seemed like like you you go to like a little rig right out the river, East Bay, whatever. And you, you catch jack crevells while you're catching bait, and then you go run eighty miles offshore and put out baits for tunas, and you get swarmed by jack crevells, eighty miles offshore. Out there on those floaters? Yes. I've never seen that. It was. I've never seen it either. But you could see them coming, like, like they'd be around the like. You could like see them coming through the water. You'd be like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like just getting walled off by jack crevells. And I mean, I would get in the water and go diving, and you would just see. I mean, it just seemed like everywhere you went for the – I mean, in the spring last year, it seemed like literally everywhere you went.
1: Yeah, y'all better figure out how to eat them things.
0: <laughs> that's what I was saying. I was like, dude, we got to do something about these. Like, <laughs> are the
1: sharks still bad down there?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, they they. I feel like they get you know they kind of come in waves, but I mean yeah yeah they were bad you know I had I had triple tail getting eaten by sharks man. <laughs> <That> <laughs> so hurts. you know they get that that's pretty bad. <laughs> man that uh last
1: time i saw you that fish remember the the tagged fish
0: yeah 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 how yeah. cool was that that was cool how how did that go oh i, I got it yeah well no i no you tagged the fish so the last time
1: we saw each that other a buddy
0: of mine shot and i it was your fish that you
1: caught. yeah so yeah. the last time we were together you you we were talking about tagging fish yeah. and you said oh i got a tag i need to call in I guess that was the fit. That was the one. Yeah. <laughs> so that fit. I remember the day. So listen to this. So this, listen to how ancestral this is. So the guy that came with me, Dr. Malcolm Nelson, he's from over like Dustin Panama city area.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the guy who, when I was working in Venice, he sent one of his boats down and we ran his boat. That's how I know Dr. Malcolm. Mm. Fast forward years and years later he was on he was on the best triple tail day i've ever had that would have been like 09 or something biggest biggest one that's ever been on my boat i know you've done way better <laughs> than this but for me 24 and a half pounds it's a big one is, for here that's mm-hmm. that's a beast uh and we had several other you know 10, 10 plusers that day uh anyway and then we, we lost touch for several years and then he just called recently. He's like, Man, I'm you know, I'm getting retired and slowing down work. I want to fish more. And we've been a few times, done a few things. Well that day, all he wanted, and look, he's focused. I, I, I can't I can't imagine the focus this guy has. I don't have it. I get distracted real easy. If the Jack Ravel pop up, I'm gonna go catch Jack Ravel. Right. If the trout are there, I'm gonna go do it. I just like to fish. He wanted a triple tail on a fly. And we went out and it was like early October. It was still hot. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. is is right before those first cold fronts hit. Mm-hmm. He came and look. I, I don't I don't know what what we did or didn't do. Went and checked all the Primo stuff. I don't even know how many miles we covered that day. And I think maybe one or two fish we saw. We just saw. And he's very capable fly fisherman um nothing nothing it, so we don't have a fish in the box and it's we left that morning it's mid afternoon i just he's a fun, he's one of those guys you can have on the boat all day and you hear his stories and travels and fishing and he's very interesting guy well um we're leaving brush island or that area cuz all we're doing all day is checking traps and poles and everything still beautiful still calm And we're out in the middle, I guess that would be Chandelier Sound, and there's a big old log. He's already put all his fly stuff away, like put it back in the tubes, you know, cut line, everything. We're just heading in. It's time to go. And uh, we see a big old log, I mean a big one. And I said, man, if if there isn't one under this, just don't come back for triple tail. I was like, this is too perfect. You can see all the little barnacles growing on it, so you know Mm -hmm. it's been way out there. And sure enough, it I don't I don't remember the, the the measurements on it. It wasn't a huge one when we got it. But sure enough it was there. He put all I just stayed away from it. He put all his stuff back together. First cast got it. Got the picture. And I remember um you know how they'll bleed easy? Like if you kinda nick their gill.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well that one while we were setting up the picture, I, I don't know what we did or, or, or might have done. Uh, but we nicked it and it was bleeding a little bit so I put it in the live well while I was getting the tags ready just to make sure it was it was gonna be okay and it it you know they're tough, tough little dudes and it came back to uh, to good, snapped a picture, popped a tag in it and let it go and then you and I were together for the show a couple months later and then a few months later, I guess you called it in.
0: Yeah, so that, i i had it i i had it sitting somewhere, and I just whatever one day I just decided to fill out the thing online, and, and was, that that was
1: the fit. It went from just outside Brush Island.
0: Yeah, which is so cool. I I actually have it right here. I just pulled it up on my phone. The, the it was a uni, University of Southern Miss um, tag. Um, it was captured. Um, uh, let's see, Captain Sun Sunny Schindler, Malcolm Nelson. On, let's see, 9 13 oh, September. 22, I lied to you. And then recaptured 12-7 of 22. So, it was December, December 7th of 22. But I think that might have been a little skewed. I'm not sure. Maybe it was the right date. But anyways, nonetheless, it was basically out for a few months. Uh, three months, four months. And it went from 18 inches to 19 and a half inches in like 85 days. But so. it went. Th- but it traveled from basically near Cat Island all the way over to the other side of the river in West Delta where I didn't actually catch this. Tracy Paul- Palmazano, a good friend of mine, he owns the Boat Yard. The boat yard. He yeah. shot it. I know Tracy. He shot it. And, and we were just. I keep my boat where he, where his uh, lodge and stuff is. Right. And so I was putting up my boat, and I saw they got back. I was like, "Would y'all kill?" And he's like, "Yeah, we got one with one of your tags in it." I think. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I was funny. like, "Man, let me get that tag." And I'm like, took it out and measured. I'm like, "Man, y'all weren't even gonna do nothing." He's like, "Nah, man, we, whatever." Uh, man. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I don't I, think they ever really. But, care, the, but you know, that's
1: as many, as many fish as I've tagged. Uh, and I mean it, it's a lot. It's more than more than most. That's only the second fish I've ever had. Oh, really? Recaptured on the west side of the river.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, they all get recaptured like other side.
1: Very very close to where they were initially tagged. Hmm. Not not so much the triple tail, but the the yeah. reds and the trout. It's
0: also interesting to know that that fish was orienting around a log, and then three months later was oriented around a rig. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's, that's pretty interesting. uh, Did y'all have a good year on those? Unbelievable. Every year I've done it. Um, I've always, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like people ask somebody, like I've always said that the last, ever since I've been in Venice and doing it, I feel like the fishing for me has gotten better. And does that mean that I've, I've gotten better? Maybe. Does that mean that the fishing's gotten better? I, I mean, I don't know. The one thing I will say that's different than like what I what I do is I don't really fish behind people. Yeah, seems like people like no matter where where you fish out of, I've noticed it even just going different marinas and stuff. There's it seems like there's always those guys that are trying to keep up with people or like know where everybody's at. Right. And then there's Captain,
1: Captain Coattail. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, they just they just kind of go after everybody, right? That's how they decide where they go and what they're doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they decide where they where they go and what they're doing based off of what other people have told them. And I try to base I try to I mean sometimes I I do go off of what people tell me and everything, but I try to go based off of what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling, right. what my intuition is. So I don't know. You know, and then like every every year, I find something out that's a little bit better. That's the, you know, that's something that separates yourself just a little bit. It might be another spot that you find. It might be a new, another technique. It might be it it, it, it everything. is it, just different. But when you're trying to learn that from somebody, I think that's you can't really learn it. Yeah, you almost have to figure it out on your own. You know what?
1: And you get the question all the time, like what's your favorite fish or you know your favorite time of year and to catch or go fishing for or target
2: mm-hmm.
1: my my answer is usually i i like finding the new thing you know yeah. and look i'll get in a rut i i'm, I'm not I, I you know if, if it's if, not
0: easy to find the new thing anymore right it's there's it's not really it's like even like I'm not saying though, like I was I'm definitely was not anywhere near close to the first person to ever catch triple tail out of Venice but like I can tell you that I I taught myself everything that I know about catching them yeah like I think I went on, went on one trip with somebody that where I caught one on a rod and reel before I but everything else I've kind of like shown myself you see what I'm saying yeah so it's not but there's not there's not that many uh. It's hard to do that with other fish when somebody's already taught you something about that or whatever, yeah. you know, and there's already been so much explored about that fish. You know? But
1: fi- <laughs> finding that new spot, that that's my favorite thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't mm-hmm. do it all the time. Um, far from it. But finding that new area, that new point, that new uh, oyster reef, that new wreck, you know, if you're lucky enough to find that here. Yeah. It uh, – that's my favorite thing
0: yeah and i feel like as guides man we don't we don't um guides a lot of times like i'll I'll talk to them about like, hey come fish over here with me or, or go do that and guides are really reluctant to go do something that they haven't done by themselves already you know what i mean trying spots that they they themselves have never been for oh yeah see i, I don't really care <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll just do it. Like if I see like a canal or somewhere, or I'll think of something like I'm gonna try and fish this right here. Mainly out of Venice because like you know there are certain points. Eleven months out of that year, that point is not gonna have any fish on it. But there's that one little sweet spot throughout the year yep. that fish will end up being there. So it's like you have to, you kind of have to just, you gotta fish. You gotta look at what's going on around you and just and just just fish. You know. Yeah. And then, too, I think mainly, like, what you leave the dock wanting to target every day, like, you yourself as a captain, not, like, necessarily what your customer wants to catch. That's what you're going to get good at catching. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, guides in Venice, a lot of – there's not as many good trout fishermen as there are redfish fishermen. Just because there's more people that want to go catch redfish – so, that means that the captains naturally go fish for redfish more. And then, when somebody gets on the boat that they don't care what they catch, they're going to say, man, whatever, you, whatever you're most confident in. Well, at that point, you're most confident at catching redfish. right?
1: <laughs> that's, that's Captain Alex is one of our other guys. That's his famous quote, confidence breeds success.
0: So yeah. And, right. that, and, and to be a successful charter captain, honestly, to me, you just have to catch really any kind of fish consistently. Yeah, I mean, and people, there will be some people that will want to come catch that, you know.
1: <laughs> have you, uh, have you, have you been traveling any?
0: Man, not with this new baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I, we, I went last year, we went to Costa Rica, and uh, I went to Colorado with my wife. Um, and then the, this year, I was actually planning on going to New Zealand, but I think the the international travel will be put on a brief hold for a little while a little pricey <laughs> yeah <laughs> new kids and everything so um but it's it's cool i'm glad I, I traveled when i was um yeah coming up through my early 20s man I,
1: I wanted to ask you the last time we talked you kind of hit on a few things but you were you know obviously asking me the questions but you you said you went and fished in
0: vietnam I I never did fish in Vietnam. I did a uh I did a a a backpacking uh, trip, um where I did it was basically like a month and a half long, and I did Bali, Thailand, and Vietnam, and I dove, I spearfished Bali, I dove Thailand. I never did, I never did much in the water in Vietnam.
1: What were y'all yeah. spearing in? In-,
0: um, in Bali, man. I'll be honest, like I was like. You know, the traveling that I did a lot of times, like you don't have a lot of money, <laughs> I get it, <laughs> and you're by yourself, so we to can like smell do anything, <laughs> <laughs> so so to do anything like uh, to go fishing or something like that. You know, generally it's better to split the cost of that yeah. with somebody. So I never really had any of that. I, I just because I liked, I liked going alone. I like the like the kind of like the just do as you want kind of thing, but. Noneless to say, that, that means, like, I don't go, over, like, w- during those travels, I wouldn't really, like, oh, I want to go here to specifically shoot this, you know. Right. But in Bali, I remember we shot, um, I missed a couple dog tooth tunas, nothing big, real, real small ones. Um, it was really crazy diving, though, like, the just huge currents, crystal clear water. They even had things there called, like, down currents where the, the current will go down <laughs> Good night, I'd never experienced anything like it, but you like the the water runs like off of this reef and then it 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 goes down deep, you know it's like a cliff kind of like a waterfall yeah underwater and so if you if you dive off the if you try to go down past the cliff and you you, you turn to go up and you feel that water pushing down on top of you just
1: as <laughs> free diving or tank? yeah
0: free diving Good. <laughs> <laughs> and but the that was a really cool dive ten miles that we did, but the current's going so fast you just and there's like a there's this giant wall like goes way up in the air and you're just like drifting flying (laughs) and it goes down and it hits the water it goes like turns into coral but you're just like drifting down the wall and diving as you go down like so you 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 swam dove (laughs) or floated 10 miles yeah but it was like super quick (laughs) because the current's going so quick you know a lot of these other places, like I did. Um, that
1: sounds like a horror movie in the making. Like the boat <laughs> breaks down or something. And <laughs> yeah. Obviously, y'all had a boat somewhere. A yeah. Theater. So
0: like, there's like a boat that's like right there, and you're you're pretty much keeping up with pace with the boat, you know. Good and it's one of those Balinese bond- boats, one of those with the long <laughs> things and the pontoons. The outriggers yeah, or whatever. The outriggers the, on them. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And did cool. y'all
1: shoot anything?
0: Uh, shot a barracuda that we ate. It was really good. Um I remember missing a big giant trevally. I was like in the current, you know, so everything happened So you like all eat barracuda? Racco- oh yeah. There you uh, go. That yeah, barracuda. Would is you really eat good. a barracuda in Venice? Yeah. Yeah, I've ate I've eaten it. Yeah. It's really. Good. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I mean, people, you know, like whenever people talk about eating fish, I people like to compare fish to the other fish that they've eaten, right? Okay. But like just like people like to compare like things on land to other things on land. Well,
1: no, my my point there was I I've never heard of a of a black drum having ciguatera or anything. Ciguatera. Ciguatera. Yeah. So you,
0: well, here we don't have any ciguatera.
1: See, I thought we were we were thick with it in the Gulf. Mm-mm,
0: not not really. They've done some studies. I I don't think so. I I uh all the ciguatera, from what I understand, is like a little more further south of us, like cor in coral Keys, environments. Keys, yeah, more okay. coral environments and stuff. I have, I have had biologists like ask for barracuda because they've been wanting to know if there's Cicatera, but from my understanding, all the barracuda I've eaten out of the Gulf, I've never had Cicatera, but what I was getting at with what I was saying is that like, you know, it's like saying to people, like this duck is like chicken. You know what I mean? Ah, I gotcha. It's not the same. You're not eating, you're not eating red snapper. You're eating barracuda. It's going to taste like barracuda. Right. You just have to have, it's like, like. Like, Asian people. It's very... Vietnamese people. It's very interesting to me how Vietnamese people actually like the fishy taste of fish. Right. Like, they want the king mackerels. and The the fishy...
1: They come come get our fish heads at the dock. Yeah, they they
0: want the fishy, fishy taste and stuff. Like, they've developed a taste that they like for that. You see what I'm saying? So, like... If somebody tells you, like, oh, barracuda, it's not that good, and you try it, well, you're going to tie it with the intention that it's, it might not be that good. Right. You know? But it's all – it's it, to me, fish is all – eating fish is all what you grow up around, you know. Yeah. It really is. I mean, they used to kick – they used to say tunas weren't any good in yeah. Venice. You well, know?
1: That, I mean, that's
0: right, – we're kind it's of weird. circling
1: back to this Jack Crevel. <laughs> Jack Revell just the – the uh the scapegoat or the, the poster child of the argument I'm trying to make. Yeah. Tuna used to be labeled a trash fish. Redfish used to be labeled a trash fish. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm waiting for the next, the next, could you fathom if, you know, if, if, uh, Emeril came out or, you know, one of the other big, big name cooks with some gourmet Jack Crevel recipe, how easy would your
0: job be? <laughs> it would get a little easier. Right. I, you know, you say that, but then there's some days, believe it or not, it's hard to find those No, things. no, I, I – yeah, it's no. It's weird. i but I've, yeah, <laughs> I've, when I have those kids. Bells would be hard to come by all of a sudden. <laughs> have those kiddos on
1: the boat that, you know, have never caught a big fish and want to hear that drag scream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll I'll go put in an hour cruising the beach for them. Yeah. Um, but I had another thing I wanted to – and you can cut this out if you want to. <laughs> but okay. I, I, when you were pulling up, I was trying to think of some stuff to ask you. All right, I'm not going to say the company's name. You've seen the the video of the of the guide in the back of the
0: boat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know that's where That's actually with this? a cool thing to talk about. Yeah. All right. So that with the um, well, man, I don't know if I want to say there. Well, I mean, I guess they had enough publicity. Well, no, no no, no, no. I mean,
1: let's. You know, they're not here. So. Uh,
0: if What's I'm, the name of the charter though? Everybody will know what we're talking about. Two two conks two conks charters and they had like this horrible. Well, here here's review. where I wanna
1: I, I think anybody that's listening to your show has probably seen it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm that's. So it's it's at. a
1: guy the video starts with a guide screaming his head off, cussing the worst of the worst and, at a client. <laughs> well, it was a family. Right, right. So that you see the the dad, the dad, the mom. There's some kids, and he is letting them. He's giving them the business. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was trying not to go too deep into it. The first time you clicked on it, the first time you watched it, what was your first? What was your first thought? Man,
0: I don't know if I can remember my first reaction, but I, I think I was like, uh, "Dang, I'm glad it wasn't me." Right. Something. Yeah, but. <laughs> So
1: like the first time I saw it instinctively I think everybody is like oh this guy'll never work again you know th- mm-hmm. and that was that would be the most rational thought is this guy is washed up he's done but you know I've I've been on the water a time or two run run a few charters in my day my my first instinct was what what happened to get that guy to that point? Yeah, what happened? Because yeah. I guarantee you, you know, you and I have never fished together. We know a lot of the same people. You've been to that point.
0: Yeah, you get you get frustrated. You Maybe get, not bad, that you point. A, you have a bad day. It would take a lot for me to get to that point because I, I don't – but, you know, like some people have a shorter – some people have a hotter temper than other people. Right. You know what I mean? Just naturally, like, I don't know, you know – Certain people, I mean, as a charter captain, you need to be calm, cool, and collected. Oh, most, most definitely.
1: Uh, most that's, all the time. That's before you
0: know? <laughs> you, your your fishing ability. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I can't, I think I told you last time, I, I've made, our company has made tens and tens of thousands, maybe even a hundred thousand bucks off, I'm not going to name them, but off other guides that time and time again, they come back and say, you know, this they're guy, just not nice. They're, yeah. they're jerks, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, Fish catching jerks, fish mm-hmm. killing jerks. But the back to the the yelling guy. Um, you know, if 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 you did a little digging to figure out what had happened, and I wasn't there, you weren't there. But the 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 consensus was that he told the one of the passengers several times to stay away from the throttles or move or don't touch this. Something something along those lines. And he went back to rig a bait, or or he was messing with a fish, some, something. something. He went to the back of the boat, and the guy laid the throttles over, and almost threw him out of the boat and into the motors, and uh, and he lost it when he when he got back and got back in the boat and pulled the throttle back. Uh, you know, I I think the adrenaline and the fear and the rage just. Pulled up, went and, to a head, <laughs> and got to a head. And if if you've ever, you know, when they say adrenaline is the most powerful drug ever created, you know, I, I've had some instances where that adrenaline went through, and it's it's terrifying when mm-hmm. a full shot of adrenaline through your body. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I, my my favorite description of what it was, if uh, there's a there's a bit that Chris Rock does. Talking about O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, t- I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not. I shouldn't laugh at this, but his his punchline is, I'm not saying he should have done it, but I understand. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I man, I've heard all kinds of conspiracy <laughs> theories about. Yeah, that. Yeah, wonder I, if
0: he's still working
1: now. I, I, see, I heard, and again, I'm. I don't know this for a fact, but I already got picked up on, for a private gig, like. Right after that, and,
0: probably and, so. Um, it was weird though. I, uh, the way that they had handled it was like they went and they said that they were gonna fire him, or they were gonna no. They first I think they they stood behind him. Yeah, it was like you know this is a mess up yada yada yada, and they ripped that the shreds. Wow. <laughs> and then they went the other way with it, and people still ripped that the shreds where they <laughs> they were gonna get rid of him. So. And, uh I mean, how would you have handled that? I don't know. I can't. I can't sure, answer that. I mean,
1: you you can't. I don't think anybody could. Um, you you your your perception on things is gonna is changed and is gonna change now that you got x amount of years in the charter game. You're married now. You got a little one, so mm-hmm. you don't you don't look at things anymore. You know, back in the day, it was you almost killed me. We were going out tonight with the boys, and then a couple years later is. You know, I didn't get to kiss my wife goodbye, yeah. you know, and then a couple of years later, it's like, I'm not going to be able to hold my son again. Right. So your your response to that, um, you know, especially if you if you told – I don't know.
0: I, I, I mean – To me, you got to do what is right. There's a right side of that to be on. And to me, I would have probably went on, like, with the guy and said, like, you know, made him apologize and – you know said we made a mistake, but st- if I wanted to stand behind him, like yeah. if he had been there for a while, I'd stand behind him but right. i wouldn't I don't think I would change my decision just because there was some backlash on right on it on the on yeah lives. own it
1: yeah. definitely own it own that that would have you know <laughs> i did it one hundred percent that was obviously me in the in the video I shouldn't have done it uh I'm sorry,
0: yeah, and uh
1: i can't you know I can't take it back, <laughs> but I can learn from it,
0: yeah um. But that's crazy. You know, it's weird how the internet can do that now like these viral moments can like, you know, it's I it would be interested to know if that actually helped their business or not because I mean, there's a lot of publicity. And know? we're talking about it? Yeah, we're talking about it right now.
1: But, but yeah, I mean, you like I, t- I tell my daughter and you, you'll get these little you know, I'm excited for you cuz you get you get to you get to teach this little little person, Mako. You get mm-hmm. to teach your your boy all just like you're guiding, you they get a fast track. You know, they, hopefully they will learn from the mistakes that you've, you've made, made or, yeah. or your brothers, or your you know your friends or family. Um, and I just tell my daughter, just assume you're being filmed. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a ring camera on their front door. I I got a camera in my lap right now. You got one sitting right next to you. There may be one in this room. I don't know. I haven't spent enough time in this house. Yeah. Just assume you're being filmed.
0: Yeah. You know, back in the back
1: in the day, it was don't do it or don't say it if uh, if if it wouldn't fly with grandma. (laughs) You know, if what you're doing or saying pisses off your grandmother, then don't do it. Yeah. But now it's, you know, the whole everybody's grandma is gonna see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does suck too because it makes everybody like, I don't know there's so much red tape on everything no, yeah. <laughs> right. because there's so much, you know, that was the cool that uh, s- s- some people say that's why Port Eads isn't cool anymore.
1: <laughs> is it, it South pass is open?
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's open. They've dredged it. Damn. Yeah. But they, uh, I guess there wasn't enough people using um, that. So the parish like closed down, um, Port Eads. Like there's nobody there. It's crazy to see it too. Cause I mean, there's like, uh, you know it's like huge facility. Right, yeah they spent like 12 million dollars developing all that i stopped there <clears throat> and yeah there's not a bro we were
1: i was it was open so this would have been 11 or 12 and we had to stop there one of the boats we were running over to Fushon. man that thing was fine i mean that was like something out of a out of a what was that Port Eads, oh, yeah, but like the dining hall and everything was open, yeah. none oh, of that's yeah. open, no, 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 it's can you bring a boat in there,
0: yeah, I mean, I fish around it all the time. I mean, if it rains, I go up underneath there and get out the rain. But do they have power and water, um, as far as I know, I mean, there's power lines going down there, but I don't know, like I don't Damn. know if it's being like work, if it's working, or what, you know
1: that would be cool,
0: wouldn't it be if they could they I think what happened with that place is whenever they opened it back up like you said they had the dining hall and everything and they were they were charging a i think it was like 250 a person a night to stay there so it was like a yeah a but then you got to get to Venice down river and two port eads i mean and you're, then you're going to be paying 7 8 bucks a gallon for fuel on top of that yeah on top of that it so is a novelty like a, it is man but you got to make it you gotta build hype around it before you start charging. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if they would have got a lot of hype, got people going there, get used to going there, and then start trying to. But I don't know. I don't know. I I used it a couple times, but yeah, it's gone. I mean, it's just it's just there, just not even being used. Jesus. No. Have you Have you been doing any offshore fishing? Yeah, I did. I, I me and my brother went out and. Um, in October, we caught a big tuna. That was cool. Trawl boats? <laughs> Mm-mm. Caught uh, some big mullet and uh, just went out there by cognac and caught one. Damn. It was cool. It was funny, too, because it was like, you know, we built that trip up for a whole year with his with his buddy, and um, we did three days of fishing, and they called it, a, I don't know, trying to go tuna fishing on a bay boat, you know, in Oh, October. you brought your bay boat? <laughs> yeah, my bay boat. Okay. It's like. It's like, uh, it's not, uh, you can't really call it Like you're going to be able to go do that right. in October a year out. You know what I mean? Like everything's kind of got of align So everything aligned and we get out there and we're soaking this mullet and it just, I was, I was like, man, like we're gonna have to get a bike soon. Like, you know, been fishing for like an hour, hour and a half. And all of a sudden one just, <laughs> just came up, caught him. I went on a dive on cognac and then we came in. That was it. Done. We were in by, mate. like, noon. <laughs> it was fun. But, nah, I, I did some. But, I man, to be honest with you, I fished a lot this year. Like, every year, I mean, I guess you know this, doing this so long. Every year, you get more and more busy. You make more oh, and more yeah. friends. And, like, you try and, like, squeeze in. Like, I'll take, you know, afternoon trips. And you try and squeeze in as much as you can. So, like, I felt like this year I didn't have as much – uh like free off days. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like pop on as a deck hand or do, I didn't really have a lot of those days this year just because like if I, you know, if I fish 10 days in a row, it's like I have to get home. You know, oh right? yeah. You know, you gotta, so it was my, I just, I was just jam packed. That year free, that
1: free can. time's going to get a little shorter and shorter here.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. What? I was actually wanting to go out today. Like, no, I, I YouTube today.
1: yeah, no, I, I'm, Got one boat getting fixed, and I'm actually going to borrow a boat for the weekend this weekend. Uh, so that's, that's – I had to get up at the crack of dawn to go strip a boat and put all my stuff in the other boat. That was like the old Venice days. <laughs>
0: Did you make it down to Venice this year?
1: No. I, man, I I only got to hunt uh, – I didn't even hunt last year. I got to hunt an afternoon and a morning this year, and I have not been offshore fishing I went two two years ago with Alex when when we had an extended red snapper season. We mm. got to go out there and goof off one day out of here.
0: You don't even snapper fish out of here. Uh. Uh-uh. uh You never do.
1: Man, my goal. I'm telling you, my goal is to point the boat north. Like <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I I I think there's more consistency as long as we don't flood. There's more consistency, easier and better money, and a more uh, I don't want to dog my my Louisiana Marsh clientele, but, man, that nearshore clientele, I, you're catching – whatever you catch, they just seem to be thrilled with. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, a big part of what we're doing now is with the Blind Tiger Restaurant and Shaggy's. And catch and cook. Catch and cook. Hell, yeah. Kill it and grill that's it. That's awesome. um, That's become like a staple. Like that's my last awesome. trip, we caught those catfish – they were sitting there counting, and, you know, it was a big crew of guys.
0: And. Restaurants need to understand how important that is, um, The how that takes the, the dining experience, the whole experience of the Gulf Coast to the whole next level. That, oh, yeah. That actually bring them back here, you know. It really we, does, man, like, and people don't realize the importance of that. I, I feel like a lot of guides, they give them their fish, and they send them on their way with them. They throw them in a freezer and I un sealed, and, you know, a month later they pull them out, the, and they're like, man, this tastes like shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, like, we did it. I, I do it. Like, I, I can't tell you the last time I cooked fish at my house. hmm And my wife and I fished, I think it was New Year's Day or maybe the second, and we went and went red fishing, and uh, we <sighs> – she stopped at 2. Like, kept keeping. Like, I was tagging whatever she didn't want. And uh, she caught another one that, I I don't remember if we hooked it deep or something. And I was like, well, let's just keep it and we'll call our friends up. And that's what we did. The, I don't know if it was that afternoon. you, You can't freeze them. That's one of the stipulations for the catch and cook. So, it was. It was the next day. We did it on the second. Okay, so we fished New Year's Day and then we went. And had a big, we called up three. So these are three <laughs> redfish. They were mid-range slot fish. So 22, 23, 24 inches. They were bigger fish. I think we had three families there. Now the kids, you know, some got chicken fingers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Everybody got fish tacos. And I think we had leftovers off three good size redfish. Yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: It's a fun thing to do, man. <laughs> well y'all
1: and I was going to hopefully I'm not uh poking a a bear here, but is y'all's red or our y'all's redfish going to 3 or maybe? Um
0: I don't think that that went through. Okay. The 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 speckled trout did they went to I guess you have to keep up with this as well, fishing. I fished the the day before and, like, the day after it went in. (laughs) Yeah, so 15 fish. um, Two can be over 20 inches. And 12-inch minimum, or they go to 13? 13. They went to 13. That's it, yeah. So, yeah. Um, What you think? No guide. Yeah, no guide. What do you think? I think it's plenty. Yeah. Um, We, uh, I mean. What about the
1: slot? Um. I feel it, like that's lame. It probably won't affect us as bad, cause we. I mean, it, we do see big fish, but consistently, I don't think we're coming in with with limits of twenty four inch trout. Um, you know, a big part of it is us, the guide. Like a lot of a lot of my regulars, they they'll stop at fifteen fish mm. if it's three people. Like yeah. man, that's playing is more we we need you know, um. But, I I get it. I, know, I you know I, I I think. I think it's a step in the right direction. Um. But I as far as if you're, wanting the meat hall.
0: You know, I'd my s- thing is this the, I guess a better part of the question is is like like I understand it's not. Like it's it's not gonna affect you as far as like people wanting to keep that. Right. But like, do you think that it's a right step like further regulating our fisheries, is that a step in the right direction for us? Like as fishermen? To me, I think that it's not. I don't think I think that we're not like you
1: have a problem with the size, the bag
0: or the boat? I don't I don't I don't care what the limits are personally. Right. Personally I don't care. It doesn't matter to me because, like, I'm going to be going out there anyways. As long as I can catch enough for me to come home at night and they don't put season closures, I'm not really into season closures, I don't care. Like, so to me, 25 fish is too much. Right. But I don't think that that's necessarily going to help our fishery. I think what would help our fishery is if we improve the habitat that we have.
1: I'm with you on that.
0: So to me, it's like. The problem is, is the center of the conversation whenever you talk about conservation is regulations. Right. And well, it shouldn't be. It
1: should be habitat. It should be Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's my whole point. It's like, if you would take the if everybody would put the same amount of effort, because like I went to Baton Rouge and like, you know, I, I got extremely nervous and I sounded like a buffoon up there, but. Um, yeah, but you went. I went, and you know, like, you have all your ideas and what you want to say, and they're like, here, you know, talk to the the board, and there's a room filled with 100 people. You know, I never had, I've never experienced anything like that. <laughs> it's intimidating. That. You know, no, I got, I, like, four people on my boat every day that right. I talk to, and me talking to you is a yeah. lot different, but, um, you know, I took the stance that we shouldn't change our regulations at all because that we need, that it would be a time that we should switch the conversation from regulation proposals to habitat improvement. Yeah. You know, and they, they just point that they can't do anything about that. That's You have to talk to these people and yeah. these people you got to talk to. You right. Know? No. Yeah. And, and, like, I understand that, but, like, that's – if we want to make the fisheries better than what they are, that's what we got to do. No, I, I – you know, I, <laughs>
1: playing devil's advocate, you know, the, the limit changes for the most part are cheap – Almost, yes. I mean, it's going to come with a cost. You got to pay people and update this and whatever. But compared to restoring the shorelines in East Bay or 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 uh, you know rebuilding Freemason, that's a drop in the bucket. Right. Yeah. I'm not agreeing with with not uh, addressing you know the the shorelines or the reefs and um, it would it would you know how Alabama did it with with the zones and dropping the stuff out there. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see that stuff here.
0: The problem the problem with Mississippi and a lot of um, building habitat has to do with just people wanting different things. You have the shrimpers. Yeah. You got the Corps of Engineers. um, Sturgeon. The shipping channels (laughs) and stuff that like Alabama coastline doesn't really have to deal with as much. Um, You know, there's there's just a lot uh, – the, sh- the the shrimping is the main thing, those, because we have to have designated areas. I, to yeah,
1: I'm all – look, I, I'm all for it. You yeah. know, we, we I buy live bait every day. I, yeah. We have to support these shrimpers, and yeah. I love eating shrimp. Yeah. But you're telling me that uh, that entire waterway from where your home is to here, that there couldn't be a couple of – They could make more. A mm-hmm. couple of, you know, football, couple football field size areas. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think, I think honestly, like uh, people in Mississippi should care more about the habitat in Louisiana and, and surrounding states because a lot of our fishery and why our fishery in Mississippi and all the redfish, like I have the theory that, you know, redfish are only found in North America. There's no other place in the world that you can go and catch redfish or speckled trout for that matter. So whenever these fish started evolving and developing, where did they come from? Where was the first redfish came from? To me, it seems like Louisiana. (laughs) Like, you know, you have the Mississippi River Basin that's been here for thousands and thousands of years that stretches from Montana to Pennsylvania and the seasons of all the water coming down that river year after year. And then these, these fish are evolving from it like that's where these fish are really coming from. And then they're kind of splitting off and going to these other places and they they'll spawn in other places too. But I think that's the, that's the, the main source of the biomass there. So if you improve the habitat there, it'd also be really good for surrounding um, surrounding areas. But I don't know. Everybody's got a different ideas to what that would look like to me. And from a lot of the fishermen that I talked to is what we need is, is rock or jetty barriers or wall barriers, seawall barriers yeah. that protect um, erosion but also give those fish, like, a safe harbor, you know.
1: I can tell you that the – I think we talked about it last time I saw you, but, man, some of these rocks and, and reefs that they've put in in the last 10, 15-ish years here.
0: Unbelievable. Huh?
1: uneffing believable. Yeah, and, Like, we were catching pompano on them this year. No. Pompano I mean Insane How good the fishing is On these things
0: Yeah um, And in, in Louisiana actually Just took a really good step In the right direction They they put a fad out there Back um, Where the Arcos Used to be or Big Arco
1: And Little Arco I
0: think Well maybe it's not Where the Arco I guess it is But it's It's just to the Just to the west of Cognac They put a A buoy out there And I mean it's I mean it's holding fish Just like we knew Just like we so knew So you it fished would, it? Oh yeah Yeah it's holding. I mean, it's doing good too. And I know Billy Wells. He um, was just. They were asking the guys that put it out. Were asking him how it was. And what do you think they pressure. used as an anchor for that? I think they. I think they tied it off to Arco because they cut off Arco.
2: Oh damn.
0: Yeah, one of the bigger little Arco. I think that's what they did, but maybe maybe not. But they got eight of them over in um, in Florida, and they're about to put fourteen in Texas. But these are different. These are different ones.
1: Man, when uh, when well, I used to do stuff with the Gulf Council, um, you would be good at that, man.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not smart enough for that. I,
1: look, I'm a bumbling idiot, but you <sighs> learn. You, I maybe didn't didn't uh, didn't teach a lot of stuff, but I learned a lot. I mean, it, it was neat. They you had, were on the Gulf Council. No, no, no. I was uh, on an advisory panel.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: but you got to go to these cool meetings and seminars, and do so you
0: so you kind of inform the council of what you're seeing, or what you.
1: Yeah, you were kind of like
0: a, a representative for okay. your region, or right, right, area. right. I think I know what you're talking about. I've seen the meetings. Before. Yeah, some yeah.
1: some some of the Venice guys are, are in them or have yeah. been. We went to one, and it was uh, it was reef, it was uh, substrate or something it's reef building, and they had a a, a presenter. And I want to say it was like Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic. And they were talking about how their their people fish. And, I mean, it was fascinating. It was like, well, what do they fish? And it was like, well, they go and make fads. And, you know, the first question was, well, that's whatever, umpteen thousand, you know, very, very deep, thousands mm-hmm. of feet of water. And, look, she had – it was a lady. She had the the video or the pictures – This is how simple it is. So they would, the town or the island or the beach would collect all the the riprap, like the nets and the old ropes. You know, if you if you've ever walked a a remote beach, like we see it all the time on Cat Island, just because you don't have beach cleanup, you know, Mm -hmm. You you don't have the stuff we have here on the on the highway. And they would pick up ropes and string. And that's what you do. You go out there every couple of days, and you pick up a, a a old rope or an old net, and they would weave it in these towns. However long it took, days, weeks, months, year, whatever. And uh, when they would get to the desired depth, uh, I think they would use boulders or you know heavy heavy whatever, and they'd get poly balls or whatever other stuff washed up that was sturdy enough. Mm-hmm. and they go out in little pangas, and, I, and I, you know, I was like, so, you know, a couple hundred yards offshore, and she's like, no. One of these was like 70 miles out. Yeah, they take them out there. <laughs> take them out there, and, you know, she was showing them, putting them in the boats, and I was like, so how do they know, one, where to drop them? She's like, well, they just kind of base it off the other one. and I was like, well, how do they know – how to get back to it. I was like, I'm looking at this picture of of this boat and it's a tiller handle, you know, Johnson Enduro or whatever. And it's just a bunch of guys with a, you know, million miles of rope in it. And she's like, well, they use the buoys like a constellation. Mm, So So they know how to get to one. So they they know how to to get to the one. I'm like, that's freaking brilliant and terrifying. And the last, this was neat. The last picture of, the slide show or the presentation they were on this big uh, you know uh, research vessel whatever let's just say 150, 200 footer and they're heading away and they like purposely went by the furthest one to you know show the people on the boat what it was and there's there's the villagers out there in their you know in their panga out in the middle of this this you know yeah I, thousands of feet of water, and they're just waving to them going by. But she said that, you know, the fish just – there's it's kind of like our Mississippi Gulf Coast. Unless there's some sort of rock or, or substrate, the the fish really aren't going to stop on anything or,
0: or – or I don't think you'll have as many if you don't. Right. I mean, like, even, like, it's kind of an interesting question, too, is, like, in Costa Rica, these guys went from catching a couple – three or four marlin in a day to catch in 20. Right. You know, is there more fish or is there just, they just been there. We just got better bait, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to, and, and, and that's the, that's been the question, you know, when I talk to Jim Franks or I talked to any of these other biologists, that's been the, the ongoing question that the scientists for some reason can never decide on, but I wish they would be able to prove that more habitat makes, yeah 'cause a lot fish. of them think the yeah. opposite a lot of yeah, them think they think that would just lead to more attraction, which would mean uh, it would lead to more harvest right you know so and but, that and there's that side of it too, yeah, but
1: it's like a baited field, it's like dropping me, corn in a
0: in a deer field, yeah, but to me it's like this like if you you know if you if you if you compare it to hunting then it, if you got somebody that loves to hunt and he's gonna buy a big piece of property and develop. Develop it for ducks and deer and all right. this stuff, then you'll have a lot of them. Right. But if he doesn't want to hunt or he doesn't want to do any of it and he doesn't have the land, then you're not going to have any deer or ducks. Right. You know. So there's, there's that side of it. And I, I think if we could all come to an agreement on that, you know, and I know people hear me talk about this all the time. I don't know why I always seem to land on it again. But. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Well,
1: I'm trying to get you riled up here. Do you think they should? Well, you, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. You think they shouldn't uh, drop the redfish limit?
0: I think, I don't know. You know, it's like, I, like one part I'd say, cause like, I'd say it's, you know, and and this is like an evolving answer too. Like if you would have asked me a year ago or five years ago, I might've told you, especially when I first got into this, I would have told you absolutely like we should. And like right now I'd be like, eh, yeah, like drop it. I don't. I don't think it'll hurt my business. I hope it, I, don't, I would hope that it wouldn't because my clients are good. You know, they like to fish as much as I do. So like, yeah, I don't really care, but I don't think that it's necessarily going to help the fishery. And I try to look at things in that way. Yeah. Like what's best for the fishery, you know? And a lot of these guys that, that, that look at this stuff, like I was talking to somebody the other day about the red snapper thing, you know, like, these guys are into the like the the separation of the state and the federal and all this stuff because you know they have they have federal permits so they're into you know calling wildlife on these guys that don't have federal permits they right. are fishing right across the line and all this all this kind of stuff and it's like man that's not really best for the fishery though it's right. what's best for you right and your own self and what's best for maybe your business and your your bank account but that's not that's not, that's, that's not, helpful. but that's, I mean, that's, 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 we're, that's, we're that's from, just you know? human nature. You're, you're going to get, you're right. You're always going to have people that just look out for, and I, and, and, and honestly, they probably should do what's best for themselves, you know? And, but whenever you talk about thinking about what, what, which direction we should move regulations and what should we do, you got to think about what's best for the fishery. Right. You know, and that's, and I feel like people lose that a lot, you uh-huh. know? Because ultimately, like we're all we're all fighting against each other with recreational, commercial, charter sector now, you know. But we all want more fish. <laughs> so we all would want more habitat. You're right. That's the that's the biggest like common meeting ground for all fishermen to me is more and better habitat. Like, I mean, I don't I don't know how how Like, I think it's crazy how you just explained a story about how people in Pangas can go out there and put out these fads that obviously attracting large numbers of fish. But yet, around the whole state of Florida, we have eight fads (laughs) (laughs) that are put out there by the government. You know what I mean? Like, the whole east coast of Florida, there's no fads. There's no weather buoys. There's nothing. So there's nothing for bait to come to and stay at, you know? And that's what – <laughs> But that's crazy to me that, like, you know, that we're all into putting this stuff on the bottom, but really where most of the, like, life starts from is at the top. Right. It's Like, if you had, like, an FH-13 and FH-2, I'm just talking about what we have here in Mississippi, if you had fads there, you would have more king mackerels. Cobia. You would have more Cobia. Yeah. You would have more red snapper, I think, because you would have more bait. You know? <laughs> Maybe
1: they'll get it, man.
0: Yeah, but it's it's difficult with the way that, you know, the, um, the United States just has so much, so many rules, you know. Because if you put something out there that's somebody's sticking out the water. Somebody's got to maintain it, and somebody's got to assume the liability for sure. it. Sure. But that's the main thing that we really need to change is that rule. Yeah. Like if you put something out there for fit, like, like if you hit an oil rig, I guess, I don't know what happens. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know. I don't know what happens, but like, you know, if it, if, if they have to assume the liability for it, then I should get a lot of money if I go hit oil rig. Right. But that kind of seems dumb too, because of all the technology that I have on my boat, I should be able to navigate around an oil rig or a fishing fad. (laughs)
1: Unless you're, unless you're in a panga dropping,
0: uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's my thing is, like, we're at a point now where if something is sticking out of the water and you hit it, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not on, like, people – we shouldn't have to assume the liability of these fishing fads.
1: Well, that's that's just politics, I think.
0: The way that the, the Mississippi Gulf Coast is, you commonly run into Louisiana waters, right? Right. So how how does that work? So all
1: – all of our <laughs> – this is usually one of the questions every day. Yeah. Uh, all, Maybe
0: it'll damper that down then. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine.
1: All of our boats are Mississippi-licensed charter boats. mississippi license is the boat. So when you step on it, you are legal to fish Mississippi on a charter. So like your private boat over there in Biloxi that your family owns, they still have to buy a fishing license all of our guides are Louisiana licensed we would technically be a Louisiana licensed non-resident charter boat guide it's a it's the most expensive license they sell Um, and with that we're able to guide from Mississippi into Louisiana as long as our charter passengers either have a valid Louisiana saltwater license or what's called a charter pass the charter pass it's it's good for three days it's only valid if you're on a boat with a licensed charter boat guide so don't go out and buy that thing if you're fishing with your buddies you it only works if we get with the guide um and you you really (laughs) you really have to do your homework now um because you well you always should have done it but there's several species Uh, in Mississippi and Louisiana that don't mesh. So a good example, um, like the other day, we had a little fog. So we stopped. uh, I don't have radar on my boat, so we just idled a couple hundred feet out of the harbor, stopped at the rocks, and started fishing. So uh, Black Drum. Mm -hmm. Black Drum's unlimited in Mississippi. You can catch as many as you want any size whatever so the group wanted to go to louisiana well we start catching little you know 12 14 inch black drum which is awesome it tastes great but they're not legal in louisiana louisiana they have to be the same as the redfish 16 16 inch yeah. so we're letting go we have the intentions of going over there so we're letting go basically fishing Louisiana rules so that if and when this fog breaks we can jump over there Um, Fishing those rocks you see some sheephead well sheephead's unlimited in Louisiana in Mississippi there's limits on it it's 14 inch uh, 15 per person so you know we obviously we're fishing in Mississippi so we're gonna play by Mississippi rules Um, the other stuff the trout and the Redfish, you know our our trout limits are more conservative than Louisiana's, so you're okay there.
0: Not anymore, right?
1: Well, no, you, we're bigger, so we're 15 inch. Well, 15, right? So but there's no slot. There's no slot, but and also the guide can't keep theirs, so it's similar ish, yeah. except for the big ones. But at least where we fish, the keeping the big ones. Is the lesser of the evil, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, but again, um, there are instances where you're over in Louisiana and let's say you get there and maybe summertime, a squall pops up. You got to come back in. You got to come back in. You better know what's in that damn, darn box, you know, before you come back in because the second you cross the intercoastal, which is only four miles from Bayou Caddy, or maybe even less, depending on which corner you come in at, I mean there's places towards the pearl, like heron Bay, like you really really have to pay attention to where you're at like that's can be depending on the salinity levels can be great triple tail fishing, and i mean you you go over one channel marker one or two, you're in Louisiana, i mean it and it's close it's very very close to the shoreline, so you uh you got to be on your toes on this corner. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's uh it's so close.
0: T- so so basically what you're saying though is in short it's like if you're in Mississippi waters, you have to be in Mississippi like depending on whatever waters you're fishing is the the rules that you have to follow. But you can't run into you can't run in and fish Mississippi waters with Louisiana fish if they're like in Louisiana limits, the
1: easiest way to explain it is on our trips, your what's in that fish box and in your wallet as far as license, not money what's in that fish box and what's in your wallet or purse, better comply. right They both have to comply at all times. so the second you keep a well now it 's 13 so the second we keep a 13 inch fish in Louisiana. Mississippi's off the table. You're done. Mm. You you no stopping. No can't nothing. stop nothing. Yep. Yeah. So, and that. I don't. Really so dicey. Huh? <laughs> it's dicey because the triple tail's different.
0: So yeah, and no. So like, different. if you go, if I mean, it used to be with trout was the thing. Like if you know, 25 trout. So if you go out there, and you can have you have you been like, and you get stopped in Mississippi waters with 100 yeah. 100 trout. Sure. And, the, the, and you just tell them, like, I haven't stopped, I don't plan on stopping, yeah. and they let you go? A lot of times, like, the last good one that got me, he got me
1: at the launch. Mm-hmm. Like, we pulled up, we weren't even at our dock where you and I were last time. The, the launch is up the canal from there. We had to stop, like, the guy had to get something out of his truck. Mm-hmm. Or I had to get something out. Anyway, we had to stop at the launch, and the agents will sit there. Well, he stopped, and we had gone to Louisiana. It was just me and one guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted some fish. One of my really good regulars, I wanted some fish. So we both kept, uh, I don't know if we hit the limit, but we were, over, we were over what would have been Mississippis, even though we were in Louisiana. So we came in, man, we freaking chest out, you know. And the agent walks over, and I, I didn't know the guy. A lot of them we know. And he's like, hey, you know, let me see what you got. Man, I was proud of it. I lifted the box up, and he's like, how many is that? W- whatever. I, let's just say 45. Well, it was two guys. Trout, right? Right. And he goes, we got a problem. And I'm like, ho, ho, ho. You know, I mean, it, the, the pin's coming out, the radio's going I was like, well, no, 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 Louisiana, Louisiana. He goes, what? I was like, Louisiana he's like, well, you're, you know, it just, it went south quick. And I had had to calm him down. I was like, I am a Louisiana licensed charter boat operator. Well, let me, let me see that Even young guy. And I didn't lose my cool. I didn't, I didn't scream. And, you know, yeah. MF the guy. I said, here it is. Here's what had happened. If you need to call it in, call it in, you know, and mm-hmm. said, and we had, we had knocked him out real early that morning. Yeah. It was a quick trip. The bike was fantastic. And, uh. You know, got it worked. Simple communication, which is usually the the number one problem. And I explained to him what happened. I said, "Look, if you don't believe me? Call it in." And for the record, there's a ton of boats where we were. They all did the same thing, and it looked like you know, or it looked like they were at least. Be prepared. <laughs> so, yeah, call. And he, look, he called in, and he said, "Man, I caught me off guard. I, I you know, yeah. I was thinking one thing and did the. He apologized and yeah, off we went. Nothing to it. Yeah. But yeah, you uh you get you and like 100% we see way more Mississippi agents than anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Our shorelines,
1: you know, so much shorter. Um but the Louisiana ones, you know, you uh usually we see the majority of them like during duck season. Yeah. Cuz the stuff we like to redfish, you know, they'll you'll be man I, it had happened to me in a while, but I've been in those ponds fishing, and you'll kick up, you know, kick up some ducks, and it feels like they're in the boat with you. But when they get to blasting, you're like, "Oh my god!" You know, like oh, right there. Uh, and then you know, and then a boat will come and check you. And uh, it's uh, have you ever, the 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 last good one that got me. Uh, I was in the bay, and the guy came over. And uh, the, you know, I got all my stuff. I got, you know, the fire extinguishers and the throwables and all that. And my boat at the time was getting older. And he's like, "Uh, Noisemaker. And I went to like hit the horn on the dash. And it it just, for half a second, it went right. I was like, Oh, come on. And I was like, Oh, well, I got this whistle that's been on my keychain. Since I bought the boat, you know, five years ago, And I looked down at it. I don't even know when it happened, but like just the ring of the whistle was sitting there. You know, from the the, <laughs> the boat ride, it had it had cracked. And uh, he's like, "So you don't have a noisemaker?" I was like, "I, I, you I know. guess I don't." He's like, "I heard your horn break." I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I never use it. You know, I've never. I, <laughs> thankfully, and uh, he he was very." cordial he could easily give me a ticket very very easy I was wrong my horn was broke and the one that was always on my keychain I don't know if it had broken the day before or a month or ten before Uh, and he he said look I I see you here you know a couple times a week or in the area you will have a a noisemaker I said sir I will have (laughs) ten the next time you see me and sure enough i Finished up. I think I think we kind of ended on that. I think it was kind of insinuated. Look, I'm in the wrong. Let's get off the water. Let's make this right. Went on the boat, cleaned their fish, or went back to the dock, cleaned their fish. I went straight to uh, <laughs> to Walmart and in the little boating section, the little square whistles. <laughs> I still have them. I, I I cleaned out the entire, however many were in that row. You know, they're like two bucks a piece. I put them in every nook and cranny of that boat i will never that was so embarrassing Ugh.
0: yeah it does it
1: sucks when you get caught well it, it, you know it, it, i've done some dumb stuff i'm probably gonna do a lot more but for that one where it was like the horn yeah, you know yeah uh whatever i mean I, i'm glad he didn't give me a ticket
0: Yep. well sonny um have been going on an hour and a half now um I usually end with conservation, but we already kind of talked a lot about conservation. Um, what would you say to somebody um, that's looking to get into charter fishing? Like, because you've been do- – how long have you been doing this now?
1: We're starting year 22.
0: Year 22. So, if there's like – because I hear people all the time, I and mean, you get it as a guide. You, people all the time, you know, don't like their job, want to be a charter captain, you know yada 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 everybody's got a different um what would you tell somebody is that and, and I will tell my listeners I'm planning on fishing a lot more Mississippi this year probably a little more eastward than where you guys are yeah, at man. right here but I'm um, on with it that's that's my plans I'm going to be fishing Louisiana Venice Louisiana and um out of Biloxi um for 2024 just to let everybody know that's awesome but um what would you tell somebody that that's trying to get into this um mm-hmm.
1: Don't quit your day job. <laughs> I I would have a fallback. Um, had, had I, I think had, it
0: depends on your situation, right? Like, yeah. what if you're, what if you, what if you're like 20?
1: I would still, like, I would still, look, college isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I had it to do over again, I would have either gone to a maritime school, um, you know my I think I told you my brother went to one Mikey mm-hmm. that started short thing he went to one um it's a good foundation if that wouldn't be the route you wanted to go I would probably get some sort of technical degree like in uh you know engine repair um I I, I think that would make you extremely uh valuable if you had a outboard mechanic um even just some kind of background or knowledge of it mm-hmm. um, uh, or diesel diesel yeah. would get you the big money yeah um, if you had some sort of uh, diesel mechanics degree
0: um, but like what if they just wanted to do what you're trying what you're doing you'd still tell them to do that like if, if they just wanted to be a local guide on the Gulf Coast of any state yeah
1: I, I you know I would have a fallback or a side hustle
0: you would Yeah. Um, For whatever
1: cut cutting, I know a lot of these guys. You know the the firemen do do it a lot. Yeah, Um, firemen do it a lot. lot A lot of firemen. Um, You know, guys cut grass. Um, I would have a side hustle, especially if one day, you know, you plan on starting a family, getting married, whatever. Um, I was fortunate enough that my now wife has been with me from before I had my license mm-hmm. before I worked on my first deck of a charter boat so she's been with me since day 1 um there's been times where you know I am thought about maybe doing not wanting to but for the for the sake of the family like maybe you know doing something else doing something else something more stable
0: um you're saying you think that you need a something on the side just because it fluctuates a lot. Like you're not always gonna be busy. You're not always gonna be booked. Um. Anything?
1: Yeah. And there's variables. You know. There's there's your, and keep in mind, I love my job. Twenty two mm-hmm. years in, I'm more in love with it today than I was, uh, back then. Um. But the variables are there. Your weather. You know. I I don't even want to talk about storms of the past, but, you know. They they happen here, the big mm-hmm. ones. Um, you, you got that. You, you got man made disasters, you got uh, you know, you got spillways, you got you got all kinds of stuff. Um, they, who's to say they couldn't close our waters? Right. You know? Yeah. I never thought we'd be homeschooling my kid, you know. Yeah. It can happen. Um, so I, I'm from the mindset of hope for the best, plan for the worst. Yeah, play it um, safe kind of <laughs> play it safe and what it all really boils down to is you you got to be a good good person i mean it, it especially with the technology in this day and age you know like the, the the guy who lost his his stuff on the back of the boat screaming at the customers yeah there's people in in bali that know who this guy is now <laughs> you know um yeah but you know if uh if you swindle a few people, you know some? I know mm-hmm. plenty. You swindle a few people or or um you know you take advantage of certain people, word's going to get out and it's it's a lot what what's the old saying? You can get 99 good reviews and that one bad one outshines mm-hmm. them all. Yeah. I've got them, you know. Mm-hmm. You've got them. Oh, I Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It, it uh it, it it's it's a numbers game. You you run 100 trips, I would hope that all 100 were, were home runs. You're probably going to have a bad experience or two in there, mm-hmm. regardless of what you intended to happen. So the fishing, yes, it's a part of it. But, and I, I tell everybody, anytime they ask about shore thing, I personally think I'm probably the least consistent. I I, I think I'm the worst fisherman in our company. Um, <laughs> I, I I will outfish those guys. Occasionally, but if if it was a if it was some sort of chart for the year, um, I would I would be bottom tier, but I make up for that or I try to, by you know, catering to people's needs,
0: showing uh, up with a good attitude, showing
1: up with a good attitude because you got to man, mm-hmm. that the weatherman's gonna make your life a living hell. Yeah. Um, the boat's gonna break, the fish are gonna move, uh, the salinity's gonna drop, and you. You need to be there, you know, at least trying to keep morale up. Morale's infectious.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you got good morale on the boat. Normally it, it spills over to the other people. If you got bad morale, it, it, that, that bad morale, it right. spreads quick and it's, it's, it's toxic. Right. Um, but it, another thing um, is if you're able to team up, you know, obviously Mexican golf, you know they're they're the
0: they're yeah, you you have to have a network as a guide. You can do it solo. It's harder, but you, you need you at least need a network of people that are out there kind of. You need a network. You, you need a network of people that like know who you are. Yes. That it's, you you're gonna be out there like people to check on you, you check on them type of thing.
1: The the, the stronger in numbers thing, and look, I mean our network goes far outside sure Thing. We've mm-hmm. we've got uh, Jordan's Jordan's little brother. Uh, Josh hit him and his crew with grand pass out of the pass, uh, Harbor. We all kind of, we're extended family. Um, Mm -hmm. usually fish a lot of very similar areas with, you know, just about the same boats. And, uh, we work closely with them. You know, Ronnie's a good one. Brennan's over there. and, and, uh, it's, you know, you are who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. Um, and no doubt it, uh, it's yeah. If you're fortunate enough to get on with a team, or chances are, you'll get some overflow here and there. You know, really, really try and, and knock it out of the park uh, on those overflow. Always try and hit them out of the park, either yeah. either by attitude or or uh, or ability. But
0: yeah, always say that too. Whenever you get a client that comes at you, you know, it, it's at growing. I kind of grew up as a charter fisherman in in a lot of ways, but you get a client on your boat and sometimes they don't know you from Adam. They don't know who you are. Oh yeah. Sometimes it was like a best friend friend or a family referral. They had fished with you before and then they came or sometimes they might've, you know, might've heard my podcast or they might've saw me on TV show or something like that. And every situation is a little bit different you know because if they don't know you from adam and they just see you as a young kid with a nice boat they might not trust that you know how to fish but if they've had a referral or they fished with you before or they saw you on tv you got a little bit more credit there well you know so there's that whole there's like a mental thing going on there
1: i you know i I said i'd still love love my job after 20 something years a big part of it is you get to build that schedule with the clientele Mm -hmm. um you know, I every year my calendar fills a little earlier. You know, I've, I filled it pretty much before the before the year began, but I got everything I wanted, mm-hmm. and and I worked hard for that. I, I worked hard to build these relationships and show these people a good time. And um, it takes a lot of time to build relationships. It does, because look, some of these people are, are bringing their children, mm-hmm. you know, or they're they're customers that are spending the money that are feeding their families so it's they're putting a lot of trust in your hands to show these people a good time and uh, you know you know how it is they get on the boat and they're like man when we were in Cabo fishing with this, we caught this, and and you're like, oh crap! Or you know, <laughs> we hate to hear that they fished with y'all. We <laughs> hate to hear that they fished with Mexican golf. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, no, you know, don't say Billy Wells. Why do you
0: say that? Man, y'all set the bar high. Oh, it's and, just uh, hard to.
1: But you know, th- they've c-
0: are. It's hard to be impressive, I guess, after they've been to Venice or they. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then. <laughs> then you just got to come at them from a different angle you know it's it's you know we caught the biggest fish i've ever seen and it's like well, what didn't you catch and you try and find this or yeah you try and pick them apart as fast as you can and figure out something they didn't do or or maybe missed out on and try and fill fill that void or, or
0: i hope people come with you with realistic goals too i'm a big goal filler i like when people come at me with like you know, what's the purpose of this trip? Some people will say, oh, I just want my boy to catch a few fish, yeah. you know. And then that's fine. No, that's Some that's people it. are very specific about that what they want, you know. So everybody's different. But um, kind of on the same premise of this question, do you think that the Mississippi Gulf Coast or the, the whole Gulf Coast, um, do we need more fishing guides or do we need less?
1: Uh, I don't care. You don't care. Don't care. When when I when I came back from because don't
0: you feel like a lot of gods like are in the into that like there's too many.
1: I think there's a lot that are. Uh, this is I, I steal a lot of sayings, but I'm trying to give everybody credit if <laughs> I can remember who 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 I stole from. Mikey, the guy that started Short Thing, his famous line was "All hat and no cattle." I think there's a lot of them that or maybe still here, maybe have come and gone, that just wanted to say I'm a guide, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know like, like it was a – hell, I was a bodybuilder. Yeah. I went to the gym, you know, once or twice. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, not, right, I'm right. not a damn bodybuilder. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that think that it's, it's – once, once that, that certificate comes in from the Coast Guard, you know, and you, you get that sweet decal on the back of your window, that you're something. Well you you're no you're a human. You yeah. you're you're no better than, than the guy you're standing next to. Yeah. Um I could care less. Um when we when we came over in oh six, uh I think they told me and I asked them again this year, I think she's I think she said at, at DMR there was seventy something guides. Now granted this was a year after Katrina. Seventy mm-hmm. something guides on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um That's one point something per mile. Mm -hmm. Now, I think it spiked um, the COVID year. I think a lot of people got into it, or maybe the year after. I think the highest it's got, and I know I I 100% know I'm off on this number, not by much, but I think it went up to 140-ish, So you know, doubled. Um, And I think this year it was in the 120s. So it's it's all but doubled since I came came over here, um, and a lot of the reason I keep going back to these Pastors Jan guides that we work pretty closely with, um, we used to be real competitive with them to a point where it, it was it was uh, counterproductive, where we were worried we were more worried about what the other ones were doing rather than what was going on on the boat. It's like, how many Paul catch today? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you caught that. I'm going to go – I'm going to stay an extra hour and, you know, catch another blah, 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 When the people are good and ready to come in um, or maybe keeping them out there in, in weather that wasn't safe or productive just to try and, yeah. you know, just to try and do better. When the end goal is just keeping them happy. Just have fun. Have fun. And once – Once we both, uh, and we've all, we've remained friends before, before all this and and now, but now that we've kind of set our goals, a lot, you know, aligned them properly, everything has just gone through the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, Just showing them a good time. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going out today with, you know, top water trout hunters, good for you. I hope you catch a bunch. I got the little kid. We're going to go trout fish for an hour, and then we're going to go catch big stuff for the rest of the day. Great. You know, and when we get into the dock, when I walk by so-and-so's table, man, good job. Look like y'all got them. Good job, man. Uh, And then they come by and see little man holding his whatever, big fish. Man, good job. You got that by yourself. And then everybody's, like I said, it's infectious. Everybody's happy. It's
0: infectious. uh, Rising tide lifts all ships. That's right. That's right. That's a, that's the mentality that I hope that m- most people like. I I take the mentality that if we if we had like more bad guides is the worst thing that we could have. Yeah, that's the worst possible right. scenario. People that don't that aren't people people, they are consistently making people mad for whatever reason. Like that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. But if we had not even just fishing guides, but all types of guides around the Mississippi Gulf Coast or entertainers. And they all do a really good job and really love what they do. And then people come back with those people. Like, basically, it, it should all help each other. Sure. Like, because if they go, they leave Mississippi and they said they had a good time and you should go there too, then, you know, eventually it's just going to build everybody's business. That's, and, that's, and that's the way it's supposed to work. You that's know? why. I just really hope that everybody on the Mississippi Gulf Coast knows that we need to work together oh you know,
1: yeah that's it no. you know and and you get what you get
0: and yeah. gods are it's really easy for gods like I've just seen it through Venice and through here it's really easy for gods to get competitive and it's like I don't like those guys right you know, like those guys over there yeah <laughs> you know? man in the mirror and that's, I know that's all the, you gotta the guys about. I work with are are <laughs> are the best at it you They're know Mexican cold Wolf, killers yeah. they are competitive you yeah. know they want to be the best and you know we're the best and yada 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 but wow. Ultimately, everybody needs to come to the Gulf Coast and have a good time and go tell their friends. That's it.
1: <laughs> That's it.
0: No. Anything well, else you want to add or talk about? Anything else you wanted to ask me? I'm,
1: I wanted – I was thinking about um, – uh, I, I think I finished with a story last time. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this one because I was going to ask you what was the roughest stuff you've ever had your boat in. Me? Yeah, because the rough – it's pretty crazy. The roughest stuff – the biggest waves I've ever been in was the best day of tuna fishing I've ever had. Really? But I, I'll tell you about it, but what was the roughest stuff you've ever been in?
0: Man, I don't know. Um I don't know if I have anything that I can say was, like, the roughest I've ever been in. I i mean, I've been out there when it's it's rough, you know. Um I think one of the worst – one of maybe like one of the most like oh shit moments um one time i was coming in to south pass i wasn't i wasn't the captain i was a deckhand um we were coming into southwest pass on a um on a yellowfin and it was uh you know the current always comes Uh. the current always flows we were coming in from um uh what is what's medusa um we we're coming in from medusa and for whatever reason you never really take southwest pass right i can't even remember why we were going in southwest Pass. See, I, I used to love it we never We most of the time you always either go we used to be tiger but really red pass or you'll go into south pass or you'll go up joseph bayou but you, there's really no reason to take southwest pass just because it's it's a, it's a lot more running Whatever reason he decides to go in there, but the current's coming out swell. You know, it's it's rolling south, the current's rolling south, and we had a hard, hard southwest wind, so it's like opposing like that. And he just didn't slow down, um, like it got really rough within like a, h- a couple hundred oh, yeah. yards, I'm sure. Like it was like really quick, and we were going pretty fast, and he just speared away. We're in a 42 foot yellowfin. he speared a wave and i never seen so much water come in the boat but it blew out the eyes and glass i mean water rushed over the throttle so it threw all the throttles in reverse um, there's bean bags or i mean like i'm at the helm and i'm in knee deep water i mean it was that it was insane how much water came. i mean it was like we were under the water <laughs> and um, i had a i had a i was made at the time but i had a, a hose with a bilge pump with quick Quick connects, you know, like an oh shit right. emergency yeah, yeah, yeah. pump. You know, we have plenty of bilge pumps, but something like that, you gotta get that water out quick. And um, yeah, we got the water out. That was like
1: by the time you got to pretty Venice, Venice Marina, yeah. it sounds like
0: <laughs> that's like one of those, you know, those uh those haul over videos. Oh yeah, or well, that, yeah, <laughs> that was gonna that, be my. Everybody else, I'm sure you've seen them, but that that was us right there. We freaking dove ah. into that one. <laughs> That was scary. What about you? What's the roughest you've been in? So,
1: it wasn't rough. It was just a steep swell. Mm-hmm. So, we had – we were doing uh, – we were putting acoustic tags in Yellowfin. I want to say Beach, Cap- Captain Kevin, was involved in this. He did a lot of that. So I, and I want to say he even went down – so, L. El- Elf is towards, Elf is east and Medusa's west, right? So Medusa, um, that's how long he's been. But I want to say he went and put the recorder on Medusa, but this guy came for three or four days and he had a a number of fish he needed to get. And I I don't remember the exact number, but let's just say 30-ish. And I think he went with me one day. And nobody, like, it felt great because I think everybody kind of did the same leading up to this day I'm about to tell you about. I think Kevin got two or three. The other guy got one or two. I think we got two, you know. Nobody, nobody really went far outside the other people's catches. Well, we had a, like a tropical wave or storm coming in. And let's just say, so that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The tropical thing, and this was really stupid, what we did. I'm not, I'm not technically, you know, proud of what we did. But it was supposed to hit, like, late Thursday night, right? Like 10 or 12 o'clock. Well, it's coming, and I'm looking at the radar, and I didn't read, not the radar. Yeah, the radar and the, uh, the, 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 marine forecast and it was calling for 10 to 12's 12 foot seas. and I'm like oh you know we kind of back then called it at 5's and I'm like oh, well, I'm going home I'm going to chase my you know wife around the house or girlfriend now wife go chase her around the house man I was excited Scott Avanzino he was at the dock he's like where you know I'm, I'm like bags packed like see ya told the scientist guy I think he had another night at the hotel or something and he's like we're going tomorrow I'm like dude no I'm not going he goes read the report so normally you know those five foot seas that we didn't go in they were three to four seconds apart well the report was it was like 10 to 12 but they were like 12 to 13 seconds apart that's a long time Mm -hmm. in, in a wave period he's like it's gonna be the coolest day and look there wasn't hardly any wind it was just this crazy swell coming in
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i only fished it like once or twice down there when it had happened nothing like this so we were we were in that 36 twin v we had and we nobody nobody went out nobody and it was bluebird we just had this like i said this crazy steep swell we were we were able to run that boat at its top speed which was like 30 you know 32 35 one wave we dropped in like it was it was too steep and we came off of it and it and it fell in but we we were able to run full speed in it just because they were so far so apart, far apart. Like
0: riding over mountains all day. It was
1: all it was, that's what I told somebody. I was like it was like doing a hundred down an old country road. That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. Well, so the number we had I don't I don't know why we did it, but the the number we had to get to, it was like twenty two. Twenty two Yellowfin. Up until then, you wouldn't do anything like that unless it was on a really, really good overnighter. Most days if you got six eight would be like a super great day now granted if you got six or eight you weren't staying out there to kill another 12 fish right not that we were killing these uh, i'll I'll explain that so we stop at the 93s and we we called them neons is that what y'all with the blue stripe on them the little not a hard tail but it, it it's got a i don't know we called them neons i don't, I don't know it's discos.
0: Some, maybe discos. We call them discos with the blue stripe on them?
1: Yes. That's yeah. about palm size. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. And
1: I mean, so the crew, it was me, Avanzino, the scientist fella, my deckhand, uh, Foreshag, Casey Forshag. He was really, really good. And then John McQueen. Uh, he was just down there, outdoor writer, but he's a hell of a fisherman. And everybody was very fluent in tuna fishing the scientist fella could care less he was there to install the the transmitters so we make bait in like you know five minutes you know everybody's loading up five at a time uh got the live wells full bam and keep in mind how stupid this was if something would have happened. You know, we would have been out there in some sort of tropical. I don't remember if it was the wave or it was going to be horrifically bad weather in 12, 15 hours. So we're out there by ourselves. Get out to Medusa, and the few fish that were caught, you know, it was the same drift, same everything. I I know y'all do things different now, but you'd come around the backside. We put baits out, and first drift, bam, bam, and the the scientist fella wanted like 40 50 pound fish and he had like this giant salmon net like me and you could stand in this thing i mean it was massive we were netting these tuna Mm -hmm. so they'd come up but everybody the coolest the, the, the coolest thing was everybody on the boat was so fluent with each other's uh movements and technique and they knew okay this fish is nobody talked it was just it was just hey left yeah there was you know there was no
0: gougans on the boat nothing
1: and so we had this little kind of kind of like your pump your your we rigged up a live well pump or a, a bilge pump we'd net the tuna and then you'd you'd have somebody else's tuna on the side. And you'd just stay there, and he'd go, as soon as it would hit the deck, he'd go three, whatever, I, yeah, I think it was three minutes. And he'd take a little scalpel, he'd hit him in the stomach, he'd put the, the transmitter in. It, it looked like a mini chapstick, like if you chopped a, t- a chapstick tube in half. Mm-hmm. He'd put that in him, and then he'd go, like, one minute. And then you knew whoever had the second tuna to start getting it close, and you'd start suturing it up. And we'd all the while have this, this pump blasting water uh, over the fish and in its gills. And then after 30 seconds, get it out. And then it was like one motion. Tuna would go over, Tuna would get in the net, Tuna would go in the bean bag. Live well pump would go in the fish and he'd get to cutting and putting them in. And it was just a rotation. Whoever had the fish you know, would help with Mm -hmm. the the suture live well system. And then when you drop that fish in the water, you'd go grab a bait and get back to work. And it was something insane, at least for us at the time. You got to remember this is different times in which y'all are doing that. Mm -hmm. Whatever the number, I think it was like 21 or 22. We did it in like five hours. Um, And it would have been quicker had more people <laughs> but the the orchestra the, the most impressive thing and granted we were in that big twin v was the 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 dance that went on amongst the people you know mm-hmm. it was like mine's closer stand down all right and it was just simple commands three minutes 30 seconds all right get the <laughs> pump out second fish in it was like we'd been doing it for 20 years and I don't remember who finally, I think we ran out of the little uh, transmitters. And as soon as that last one hit, when it came time, it was like, everybody go, I think, you know, I was with Scott, so I think we said the prayer again. And it was like, let's get in. And we got in, I think we got in before sunset. But it was was exhilarating and terrifying once you really stop to think about it. It It's like, man, we lose a battery or an engine. We're going to be probably out here in a tropical storm. <laughs> yeah. But it, that was, that was the best day is two things. It was the roughest, tallest. It wasn't, there was no white cap. That was the neat thing. Uh, but it was the biggest swell I ever fished in at the time. Well, no, till now. Uh, and it was the best day of tuna fishing I ever had all, all in
0: one. <laughs> it was a pretty day. wild day. You ever talked to old Scott? He moved over here. Oh, really? We can get him
1: for you. He's in Chan he, I mean, like three weeks ago, he just moved over here. Really? I'm telling you. We, I, this place gets you. He got you. You're coming back.
0: Well, I want to do one with Scott. That would be cool. I'll set it up. That would be awesome. Yeah. You
1: uh, you never met anybody like him.
0: Yeah, I've always heard a lot of things about Scott. I mean, he was one of the goats down there.
1: its If it <laughs> swims, he was just one of those guys. Uh, What's he doing now? He, he originally was like a geologist, oh, um, okay. so I think he went back to, they call it rock licking. I think he went back to that. <laughs> or oil field stuff. Right, you know? oil field Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, guy.
0: yeah. Yeah, like you said, you got to have that fallback. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Well, I wish I would have had that advice because I just went straight to fish. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it up. This is the fallback for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonny. Thank you, man. Thanks for another great episode and having me over this way. Appreciate it. All right, brother.